Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's going on, Nashville? We're at the uh, next of the Sports Talk Universe. We're midway through the midway of the week show. Happy hump day to everybody. Uh, you will want to catch the podcast because John Bryce came on with us in the first hour and dropped so much knowledge mm-hmm. about all these coaching openings. Yeah, oh, my he, gosh. He, he definitely said I was not going to be an athletic director. <sighs> he said maybe I should pursue being a coach. So he said that's, that might be more likely than anything else. <laughs> I think you could be the coach and I could be the athletic director. But if I use your philosophy, then I'd be like, sorry, man, I can't extend you. I would never go to Ashley for an extension. <laughs> I, I would not. I would not. <laughs> uh, Blake Bishop, Mickey Ryan, uh, Lucas Panzika hanging out with you like always. Jordan Dejani is going to be on with us in just a few minutes to discuss NFL headlines, and there are a bunch of those as always. Um, Titans back on the practice field prepping for the Houston Texans. And the Texans are 1-8. and eight. It has been a slog of a year for those guys. And we ended the last hour. We're talking about uh, he's not Tyrod. He's Tyrod Taylor. Mm. Mm, Virginia at, Tech, man. I remember. At still this, doing the same thing. At this guy's best, he's like 3,000, 3,200 passing and 500 yards rushing. Yeah, there's times you will believe that he could be your franchise quarterback. But I, I really believe this is the type of style quarterback I would love to have for a backup for Tannehill. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I know if something happened, he can go for an extended period of time. And I'm going to say that, like, you know, five to eight games, if if that had to happen, you would feel like, oh, he's he's a solid quarterback. Uh, you know, he's just not the guy. You know, he's always the, the linchpin in between the next player. You know, it's unfortunate for him. But uh, that's his role in this league. And he can make a lot of money being – in that role, uh, and this is just like what they're they're looking for their quarterback for next year, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sampling with Steels and and then uh, get for Stanford, and then him being injured early. Um, so, hey, he's gonna he's a, he's a, he's a handful though. Not gonna be X marked the spot. He he can move around. He can make every throw. He is this year eight for seventy eight rushing. So he's almost ten yards a carry when he runs the ball. So every time this dude leaves the pocket with the ball, that's a first down. That can make for a long afternoon. And I just want to, you know, grumpy face emoji right there you when you did that. Like, ooh, that's not, man. As a defensive lineman, a DB, I'm like, uh-oh, we got extended plays here. Yep. That's, that's not fun. No. Mm-mm. They better get him down quick. We've had this discussion before, but I think it's fascinating. When it and, and we didn't talk about this. This is not on the script. We're going off the teleprompter here. We, we never. <laughs> we never. <laughs> okay, there. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. Um, about time. Oh, we're getting day. a lot of a uh, lot of people telling my mic was hot at one point. I guess it was hot during the commercial. I didn't say anything bad. So hello to everybody who heard us during the commercial. Oh. Um, we were talking about we were going to order some pizza. That's right. When it comes to backup quarterbacks. Some teams think, I just want the next closest version to my guy that starts. And other people, no matter who they have in the starting role, they would want a guy maybe who could come out and do some stuff with his legs. He might offer something different even than the yeah. starter just to try to put the defense off a little bit. And we've had this discussion, like, who would be the ideal backup for the Titans? We've talked about this a bunch of times. Because you got your guy in Tannehill. His his cap hit next year is like 38 or $39 million. They're probably going to have to mess with his contract and maybe extend it to lower that cap hit. Mm-hmm. Tanny, bottom line, some sign of bonus money. Yeah, it, it, he ain't going nowhere. He, yeah, he's going to be here. Yeah. So, what's the ideal backup quarterback situation to you? Your head coach, Blaine Bishop. Who do you want as your number two? Well, I just said I like Tyrod Taylor. I would like where I don't have to disrupt my offense and change it at all. 
I want them just a lesser version of what is the starter. Uh, and I think that's kind of what he is. He can move around in the pocket. He has a good field pocket. He has a big arm. He can make every throw. Uh, he's a little more scramblier than Tannehill, but, you know, that's okay, too. Well, he's a poor man's Tannehill. That's, yeah. that's kind of what I see as him, you know. And at times he could look better, you know, but he's not consistently that guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't like – and it depends on who's available, too your backup that's why some guys go off script and get a guy that's totally opposite Mm -hmm. because it's not a a player available that's somewhat similar I just don't want to change my style of offense to cater to one player which is the quarterback I want to still run my offense and we don't miss a beat you know he's just not you know not as good it's funny because the Raiders we look at them and they have Marcus Mariota he's nothing like like Carr Mm -hmm. nothing like that guy and now they have Marcus run gadget plays, and he gets a snap. He gets a snap or two so, a game, like what the Titans did. Yes, when he became the when backup. He became the backup. <laughs> and to me, that's interesting because we all watched the one game where Marcus came in last year, and that dude was running around everywhere. Yeah. It was just oh, well, crazy. Yeah, he, he, he looked healthy. Yeah. He was going. Well, he looked good even at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so you know that can also throw a curveball, you know, to the defense to an extent when the guy's totally different, uh, but. That only lasts so long. Yeah. And that's why I kind of want the poor man to whoever my starter is. So that means you get three, four games out of it, not just like a game and maybe a game and a half and people go, okay, we figured out this other guy. We can just, okay, we got this. Yeah. You know, or Fitzpatrick or guys like, I, I like those guys as backups, but somehow they'll do well enough for a while and you go, this guy can be our guy. In reality, they, they can't fool's be. gold. Yeah. <laughs> and they, but no, they'll look great though yeah. for a handful of games. You'll go, wow. Man, and then he'll look horrible a couple games. You go, like, yeah, he, he is who we, we thought he was. <laughs> Pick Patrick. <laughs> uh, Mike Vrabel actually earlier today spoke and, and really said some nice things about Terod Taylor. Here's the Titans head coach on the Texans QB. Well, the, the ability to to scramble, you know, the ability to, to mix in, you know, whether it's the, the RPO game, <clears throat> you know, or him running with the football, you know, I think that that's something that will always be – critical to understand you know with Tyrod he's he's won games in this league you know so we'll have to try to make sure that we're good on the edges and and when we rush you know we're we're, it's probably a different style each week and his style is such that you know if our rush lanes aren't sound you know he he will be able to put the ball away and and gain yards you know when everybody's got their back turned and they're they're covering a man-to-man if we're reckless in our in our rush uh he he can he can make you uh pay See, that's the thing you think if you're in man coverage, you got your back to the guy. Hey, man, I'm just going to go run for 12 yards and yeah, run out yeah. of bounds. Or run right up your back. Yep. You'd be like, where did he come from? Yep. Yeah, wow. Ain't no easy weeks in the NFL. I know fans look at one and eight Texans, and they think, woo, nine and two. I, hey, man, they want to win this game. Everybody in the building in Houston would love nothing more than to beat the team from Nashville who used to be in Houston. Yeah. And it's uh you know kind of like a homecoming there, with the the Ring of Honor introductions and alumni a little bit weekend and yeah, mm-hmm. Love to and, spoil it. Oh, they love be, to spoil it. Oh, it's always going to be that way. So they they'll be up. They'll be they'll give they'll have their best shot. So better be ready, Titans fans. You guys better be ready because I'm pretty sure the Titans are going to be ready. This is interesting. The one thing about the Texans, they're 31st in plays run per game. They just don't run a lot of plays. <laughs> that, that, that means they're doing a lot of three now. But you know, I thought you were about to say they're thirty first against the rush because that is true too. Yeah, no, no, they're thirty first <laughs> against the rush. 
But I thought, okay, what are, what do they do on offense? Because they got all these running backs, and Taylor runs some. They, and I thought, my gosh, they they're like thirty first in rushing attempts. So what do they throw it much? No, they don't do much of that either. They just don't run a lot of offensive plays. Thirty first in plays run. And you just jinxed them. Now they're gonna run a whole. They're gonna run seventy eight plays. Yeah, I know. That's what happened too. Yeah, he's talking 20. about RPO and all this. I'm like, oh my, oh man, does that make your neck hurt? Yeah, that's that's tough, man. You got to play a lot of man to man, you know, to stop that in the NFL. Got to be disciplined. <laughs> I want them to stomp them early. <laughs> I really no do. hope. Yeah, I mean, really early. We are the better team. This is one when I'm watching the videos of both teams, and I just this shouldn't be a game if they do what they've been doing. Even the last two games, even though they rushed for under 100 yards, they should be able to rush for 100 yards in this game. Yeah, total for for a team, you know, as a team. So that's where everything starts in this offense. I, I want to see them continually. Uh, you know, get better on offense without the king. It's a game to do it. it sure is. Need to get the rushing game uh, tuned up for sure because uh, they've run it a lot, but not for a lot in the last couple of games without the king. The offense has really suffered without the king, even in total yardage numbers, everything. It's all down. And that's to be expected mm-hmm. when you lose your best player. But uh, now's the time to be figuring it out, um, and, and they need to be doing that. All right, we're going to figure out some NFL headlines next. Jordan DeJani from CBS oh, Sports. DeJani. Set to join us. We'll talk about it all. NFL stuff. NFL talk next on Blaine and Mickey. J.D. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Talked a lot of college football today. Uh, and by the way, Lucas Panzeca with some news that he sent us earlier. Uh, Mel Tucker. Yeah, that question I asked about if Mel Tucker's going to be at LSU. Good chance he may stay at Michigan State. They're working on a $95 million extension for him. Hey, man, buy another coat. You can afford it with 95 mil and stay up here. Dang, 95 mil? Michigan man, State, man. You got in the wrong business. <laughs> man, I wonder how many years that is. I don't know. I, I can't wait to see because sure, it's not nine and a half million per year. That'd be ten years. But maybe it's a twelve-year deal. That sounds about right. That's still a long time. Come on, man. Mm. Athletic director Blaine Bishop would never sign a deal like that unless it's Nick Saban. <laughs> <laughs> I give him whatever he wanted for as long as he wanted. Absolutely, he's the exception uh, other, to every rule. Other than that man, no, twelve years, man. I don't even know what I'm gonna be. Ninety-five million. Here. You're committing a hundred million to a guy. Mm. And you know how much you could put in your facilities for that. A lot. Well, people get desperate. Winning is intoxicating. It is. It Talking is. NFL is intoxicating when you can do it with Jordan DeJani of CBS Sports. Jordan, what's going on, man? We should have been college football coaches. 95 yeah. mil for Mel Tucker, it sounds like. Yeah, DJ. <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. Long time no talk. Yeah, I definitely picked the wrong profession. I really do like what I do, but I obviously don't make as much money as some of these coaches out there. So I saw this. These scrappy Tennessee Titans. They have 82 people who've, who've played scrappy. this year, and they're on everybody's – they're starting to creep up the top of everybody's power rankings, and I'm like, Jordan's going to be on with us today. And then I go to CBSSports.com, and I look, and they're number two in the CBS power rankings, Jordan. What? Come on, man. Who's, who's number one? Green Bay? Green Bay Packers. Oh, my. That's Explain, right. Yeah, JD. I didn't make those – 
I, I mean, I didn't make those power rankings. That was probably Pete Prisco you're looking at. He does a great job with those. But, yeah, of course, the Titans are creeping up in everyone's rankings. I mean, they're on a roll. They're 7-0 and against teams that made the playoffs last season. That's the most wins over playoff teams from the previous season than any team has had through 10 games since the merger. I mean, what they're doing is great, especially without their best player, Derrick Henry. So, yeah, I do think the Titans are one of the best teams in the NFL. I probably would have said the same thing a couple of weeks ago. But having them at number one or number two, that's kind of tough for me. I really do like this Green Bay Packers team. I think that would put them at number one. I think a healthy Arizona Cardinals team might be up there as well. The Dallas Cowboys are kind of an interesting team. Mm. All of a sudden, the Kansas City Chiefs look like they're back on track. But still, I think the Titans got to be up there in your top three, top four. See, man, I feel like we're doing the college football playoff show. They beat the Chiefs head to head. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. This is, I feel like we're these old ADs just, in a room battling it out. Disrespect right there from JD, man. You just said it. <laughs> yeah. It's hard because he's like, oh, they're a good little team. That's like, oh, you're a good little player. It's not, you know, Rudy or nothing. <laughs> Jordan DeJani, our guest, uh, CBS Sports, talking NFL football here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, since you were talking about, uh, I guess, uh, teams, where is in quarterbacks, Dak Prescott is doing a phenomenal job. Naturally, they lost after the bye week, and then they came back and steamrolled everybody. Uh, where does that, you know, Dak you know, line up in your MVP uh, conversations? Yeah, I would say he's definitely in my top five when it comes to MVP conversation. Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, maybe Josh Allen thrown in there as well. I mean, what Dak Prescott's doing is absolutely great. And they said, they were setting franchise records with what they did against the Atlanta Falcons last season. Um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see him go head-to-head with Patrick Mahomes, who a lot of people still consider to be the best quarterback in the NFL this Sunday. So, He's definitely up there in that top five. And, you know, he's, he's going to be a favorite for MVP, but also comeback player of the year as well. Uh, don't forget about that award. And that's had his name on it since the beginning of this season. Uh, he currently leads the NFL in QB rating. He's second in uh, completion percentage. He, I think he owns the NFL's longest active streak with uh, six consecutive games with two or more passing touchdowns as well. So he's playing very good ball for a very good team. Well, let's stay with the quarterbacks, but on a different note, I, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a solid quarterback. Nothing great, but he's solid. But, man, did you see him try to attempt that tackle at the interception? Yeah, I did. What's your thought on that, I, man? I'm, it's funny because I'm kind of divided. Like, someone brought up Tom Brady. Watch Tom Brady when he threw his really bad interception against Washington this past Sunday, and I did. And Tom Brady didn't even move. He just right. straight stood up and, like, pretended like Stay he was going to make a move. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Teddy, you know, I'm kind of out on Teddy as a legitimate starting quarterback. <laughs> I heard you guys talk about best backups that you would consider, yeah. and Teddy Bridgewater would probably make my list right there. But, yeah. you know, I think he's probably getting a little bit too much hate for making a business decision. But then again, it looks really bad when you're that close to the, the defensive player returning the, the ball, obviously. It looks really bad when you pull up when you're that close. I think that's why Tom Brady just stays away. Yeah, that's exactly it. He's not even in the screen, so he doesn't even attempt to try. First of all, he doesn't want to get blocked. Usually that's how you're taught in the NFL is to go after the quarterback first. First lineman by the quarterback, take him down. You get a free shot. That's what you're taught. Free shot on quarterback. And a lot of them don't even take him down now. They just kind of stay in their way and make sure they don't attempt to because you'll still get a flag, which is crazy anyway. But since we're talking about uh, crazy stuff, when did we come up with this, the Colts midseason hard knocks? When did this happen? I, I was just informed of this yesterday, and I was like, huh? Is this true? Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that debuts tonight, actually. I'm definitely going to tune in to watch that, but I can't say I'm too excited for it. I mean, this, this past season's Hard Knocks was okay. I don't think it really oh, enraptured me. It was America's team. I was, you know, really excited to be blown away, and that just didn't happen. Now we're doing this whole midseason idea. You know, it's kind of an intriguing framework, but at the same time, you're picking a team that not a lot of people care about. Maybe they decided on this team before the season, right? A, a Colts team that made the playoffs last year, a quarterback who's looking to reintroduce himself to the league. You know, what you're, when you're setting up your framework in that way, it kind of sounds like an enticing team. But the way the season's gone for the Colts, I don't think a lot of people are excited to tune in to see what's going on behind the scenes. So we'll see. We're on with uh, Jordan DeJani. And if I write it for CBS Sports, there you I go. Guess one more. Oh, there we go. He just got correct us halfway through the season, just like it was a hard knock. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Thanks a lot there. I, I have to ask you, give us your observation on what you've seen from the Houston Texans. I, I was really uh, intrigued that they, they play really hard. And I watched last week's game versus the Dolphins, and, and Taylor uh, has some mishaps there, but he still looks like he's a competent quarterback, a solid, you know, starting quarterback, maybe probably a backup long term but man i you know hey they at least gonna give it a run there early on uh to the titans how you see this matching up yeah that's a good question i mean with Terod taylor i really liked what i saw with him to begin the year i mean he upset the jacksonville jaguars he won by 16 points through mm. two touchdowns i thought he looked incredibly impressive he also had 40 yards on the ground in that matchup oh. and then against the cleveland browns on the road um before he exited with the injury i mean he i think it was like a tie game at halftime it was a very close game uh, after the first two quarters and you know, he kept that Texans team really competitive, I and mean, they ended up covering the spread in that game as well. When he returned against the Miami Dolphins, he had a really, really bad outing. He went 24-43, to threw three picks. There were really bad interceptions as well. Just not what you're used to seeing from Terod Taylor, a proven veteran who has starting experience. But maybe this is a matchup where he can kind of get back on track. So he's a guy you can't really rule out. But, again, this Texans team, obviously, he's not going to top anyone's power rankings or near the bottom. But keep an eye on the defense as well. I think that their defense had season best in points allowed with 17 yards allowed, takeaways, sacks, and QB pressures against the Dolphins. Um, of course, they were facing Jacoby Brissett. That's worth mentioning. But th this is a team that can be feisty when they want to. And in my mind, th their, their feistiness really comes out when they're getting some kind of level of consistency from the quarterback position, whether that's going to be Terod Taylor or whether that's Davis Mills, as we saw against the Patriots earlier this year as well. So this is a team you can't sleep on. Yes, the Titans should beat them, but when it comes to the spread, uh, I got some thinking to do about that. Mm. <laughs> we are with uh, Jordan DeJani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. So, Jordan, I know life comes at you fast as an NFL quarterback, but, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield has gone from, you know, media darling, commercials, and up-and-coming NFL quarterback to just last night I read three different services who would written stories about who are the – Brown's going to take a quarterback to replace him. Uh, that happened pretty quick, it seems like. Yeah, i got to tell you, Mickey, I'm kind of rattled about this situation. You know, I, I was asked for, about Baker Mayfield a lot this offseason when it came to his prospective contract and, you know, comparing him with Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen because they were up for new deals as well. And in my mind, I always thought Baker Mayfield was going to get that contract. It might be structured differently, but – he hasn't helped himself this season. And, you know, everything was kind of set up for him to find some level of success. But, of course, they went through the Odell Beckham Jr. drama. They've been dealing with injuries on both sides of the ball. And now Baker saying he's more banged up than he ever has been. But he really struggled against the Patriots. He's now lost four of his past five starts. 
It's the sixth game this season that he has thrown one touchdown or fewer. And, of course, he got, he got beat up again. He was injured once again. I think it was knee tendonitis that forced him out of the game. He couldn't get anything going on the field. And it was really hard watching that game. So the Browns have a really difficult discussion to have. And, you know, it seems like it's less and less likely what that, you know, perspective contract is going to look like in terms of dollars and cents and how long they really want to marry themselves to this guy. It's, it's really tough. You have to attribute a lot of this to injury as well. But at the same time, he hasn't, it doesn't seem like he's been a guy to really command the huddle on the field. It just seems like it's getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think happens to Le'Veon Bell? I mean, he went to the Ravens, who were a running back needy team, and it winds up flaming out there. You know, Blaine and I were talking about him a couple of days ago. It, it wasn't that long ago that he was really considered the best or among the very best running backs in the NFL. Is this the end of the line, or think somebody kicks the tires on him again? Heck, I mean, you know, Titans might be a team, but uh, we haven't heard anything about that around here. Yeah, life comes at you fast when you're a running back, especially when you're a guy who tries to, you know, start a holdout and try to get the money that you're worth. And it's almost like things go downhill after that for guys like him and Melvin Gordon. With Le'Veon, you know, it's not surprising that this ended the way it did with Baltimore. It was always kind of set up to be like this. He, he spent a good amount of time on the practice squad. Baltimore had him in because of injuries. Now, when it comes to Le'Veon's future, I do think it's possible another team tries to kick the tires on him because I know that his agent is going to be calling up every team, trying to get him just at least another workout, at least another chance to suit up for another team to try to help his legacy somewhat. But, you know, in terms of him actually doing anything, uh, you know, it does really seem like the end of the end of the line for a running back that we once considered one of the best running backs and receivers in the NFL. And he wanted to be paid like one of the top five in each position. That just never came to fruition, and it's kind of tough. You guys should go check out his Twitter bio as well. It seems like he's really feeding into all of the online negativity and everything like that. So we'll see if this is is the end of the line. I mean, he's not going to play any kind of big role moving forward, so it's the end of the line in that sense. But, yeah, kind of a tough ending for a a player who is once one of the best in the NFL. Okay, I have to ask you about this. Jordan DeJani from CBS Sports. There was an article on Pro Football Talk yesterday, and I, and I read it, and my eyes were just bugging out of my head. So there's talk, and, and, and this isn't a mystery. The NFL might just tell St. Louis, okay, as part of this litigation, let's just end this mess. Here's you an expansion team. I think we've all felt like London was going to get one sooner or later because, heck, they're shipping teams over there on the regular to play already, but there's no symmetry with the 34-team league. Florio wrote about a possible... 40-team NFL. And so, and it was like, before you ask about where the remainder of the teams come from, he said all American cities, some smaller, and they would just build smaller stadiums. Where are you going to find 40 times two quarterbacks and 40 times, 40 cities for that matter, who can legitimately have an NFL team? I have no idea. I mean, it's almost like you've got to make some kind of sacrifice of product as well if you're going to go that way. And if you're the king of the sports world in, in America, that, yeah, it seems like kind of a tough route to go as well. But looking at the NFL and just kind of reading the tea leaves with what they've done in terms of new CBA deals and what they've done in terms of expanding the playoffs, in terms of what they're doing trying to make their dollar worth more, I guess it wouldn't surprise me. Now, the numbers you throw out there with Mike Florio said obviously shocked me a lot. But, yeah, especially when you bring up the city thing as well. But I do want to say this. If there is one expansion, let's say there's one expansion team that goes out, the one city that I'm going to move to and I'll leave Nashville for to become the beat rider for CBS 
it's going to be the Honolulu Tigers or the Honolulu Pelicans or whatever we're going to be. <laughs> I really want to see one in Hawaii. Mm. Yeah, take us with you. Yeah, we're all going. <laughs> yeah, I've been down there a few times. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, eggs and things. I want a regular table there, uh, right there uh, on Waikiki. Uh, Jordan DeJetty hanging out with us. Blaine and Mickey here on 104.5 The Zone. Well, Jordan, uh, one of the games this week is Cowboys and, and Chiefs. So, I guess give us a little, uh, uh, I guess, 411 on how this is going to go down. Yeah, I, I can't wait for this game. It, it's definitely the game of the week in my mind. You look at what the Chiefs did last week, uh, 516 yards of total offense, uh, which is the most they've recorded all season. So you could say that they exercised some demons offensively. Looking at Patrick Mahomes, he looked a lot more comfortable and a lot more accurate with the ball. You also have to give credit to Darrell Williams. I mean, 43 rushing yards, 101 receiving yards. Tyree Kill had a good game. Travis Kelsey had a good game. And the defense is looking okay now as well, which is a big deal because not long ago they were the worst unit in the NFL. Now, as for the Cowboys, this is definitely a measuring stick game as well because we perceive them to be one of the top teams in the NFC, maybe a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And if they can win maybe a game script looking like a shootout against the Kansas City Chiefs team, then it might come down to that because the Cowboys defense is pretty inconsistent. I mean, we're going we're gonna to be we – we're not going to be able to stop talking about the Cowboys on TV and on the radio the next few days if they're able to beat the, the Chiefs in a shootout. So this is a measuring stick game for both franchises and both guys and both teams that want to be legitimate contenders in the NFL this season. So I think everyone's excited for it. Well, the Pats, I'm, I'm, you know, informed that won four in a row, uh, you know, and I'm like, wow, man, I, I like what I see out of Mac Jones when you go back and, and watch some of the games. Uh, and they play the Falcons, who's kind of in the desperate position of, you know, they're still trying to push to get into the playoffs and have an outside shot, man. So how do you see this playing out? Yeah, man, with Mac Jones, like, I think we should, like, cool the praise just a little bit right now. Mac Jones has looked phenomenal. He's looking really good right now, but I think we're jumping on him way too early. I mean, he posted career highs in both completion percentage, passing touchdowns against the Browns last week. You can definitely say it was his best game, but what also has helped him is his very good defense and also the Patriots' run game. game. I mean, New England has tied for first in rushing touchdowns over the last four games of eight. They run the ball 144 times, which is the second most over that stretch. And guess what? They haven't fumbled as well. That Ramondre Stevenson kid is absolutely incredible. He had 100 rushing yards and two touchdowns last week. So everything is going well for the Patriots, and obviously that's going to help Mac Jones. At the same time, you definitely have to give this kid credit. I think he's getting better as the season progresses. You know, he's throwing the ball downfield more accurately now, which is obviously important when it comes to your young signal caller. He had a couple of really good jump ball tosses that were caught by his receivers. I like what I've seen out of Matt Jones for sure. But against this, against this Falcons team, you know, this could just be one of those weird Thursday night games where the Falcons find a way to backdoor cover. <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm kind of staying away from that one. But you do have to be excited with what the Patriots are doing. Oh, man. So you seem like you're a big gambler. What – what bet can you tell our listeners that you would go down with and say this is going to happen? For sure. <laughs> this week? Oh, yeah, man. Let yeah. me tell you, we're in fade Jordan territory right now. The past couple of weekends have been pretty tough when it comes to pick, especially with so many underdogs rolling. But, you know, I am eyeing this Dolphins and trying to do some, some research into this Dolphins-Jets uh, game. Because uh, Joe Flack is going to start, of course. Yes. That obviously is going to affect the game plan. Mike White, the legend of Mike White, seems like it's finally come to an end. But the Dolphins have been playing okay ball as of late. Mm -hmm. And the defense has finally woken up. So, you know, I think the spread's probably sitting right now at three. 
I would grab it at three more so than three and a half. But the Dolphins, I'm eyeing the Dolphins as maybe a best bet, but that column's going to be published tomorrow morning. Right, sounds good. Uh, at Jordan DeJani, CBS Sports, that's where he publishes all of his columns. All right, on the way out, we were having this discussion. Here's another one. Maybe you could solve this. Tired of seeing ties in the NFL, watching the Lions and the Steelers have their pillow fight tie last week. How should the NFL handle its overtime format? And we put the caveat on this, Jordan. You can't talk about player safety. You're making them play 17 games on the way to 18 games. And Blaine thinks even on the way to 20, which I do too. So stop at with the player safety. How can they handle true overtime where you have a real winner at the end of the game and no more ties? To be honest with you, I've always really liked the college overtime before they messed with it again yeah. and they still having seven, eight overtime games with Penn State. I really didn't like what they did, but I, I like what the college used to do with, uh, with the overtime period where you start in the red zone and, and you've got to go from there and each team gets their shots. And with the NFL and, you know, some of the lack of offense, I mean, imagine with the Lions and Steelers, you would imagine that one of those guys could at least knock a field goal and the other would, would lose yards on the next possession. So, I think that we're not, we wouldn't see, you know, eight overtime games maybe with that structure in the NFL. I'm kind of hypothesizing there, but that, that would be my next go-to. Well, I wish they'd figure something out because, Tyus, uh, man, that's just hard to watch. Yeah, yeah my idea, uh, Jordan, uh, was uh, to have the field goals kickers uh, see how many you can kick 55-yard field goals and you got to get uh, five attempts. Whoever makes the most. Oh, I kind of like wins. that. So it's like, a, it's like an NHL shootout. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm. There you go, Jordan. Hey, great stuff as always. People follow Jordan on Twitter at Jordan DeJani, uh, and CBSSports.com is where you can read all about it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, J.D. All right, you guys are the best. Thank you. Yes, sir. Always love having Jordan on all the latest NFL talk. When we come back, who practiced, who didn't. Titans are leaving the practice field. We'll have that. Also, Big Jeff's got seven and a half sacks, and Big Jeff talked about getting better and how he's getting better. Let's hear from Big Jeff next. Right here, Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Who's this to me? Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We never give it away. Two full hours a day. We just attack you with Titans talk and sports talk and you name it. We're about to attack you with this news from Jim Wyatt. Uh, Light practice, he said, for the Titans today. At stretch, no Bud Dupree, David Uh, Long. So, no Bud Dupree. We got to give us our reaction, my reaction after. Okay, I'll read them slow. Yeah, because I'm slow. Bud Dupree. Oh, David Long. Crap. Rashawn Evans. What the heck? Harold Landry. Th- that is not possible. <laughs> well, I'm not finished. <laughs> Nate Davis. Emoji to the face. Taylor Lewan. Now, what's going on here? <laughs> Tier Tart. May have to fart. <laughs> <laughs> This is what goes on in my brain when I, I don't hear know. this stuff. Say that. Uh, Kyle Pecko, who they just signed. What, what the heck is going on with him? We, uh, we he, signed an injured person. There's more. <laughs> I, I'm just getting warmed up. Danico Autry. <laughs> you want more? Jeff Please. Simmons. Uh, no, some of these guys are just rested. I'm sorry. Jeremy McNichols. Greg Mabin. Greg McNichols was just on 3HL. He's got to be healthy. <laughs> Chris Action Jackson. Oh. But he said some of those guys surfaced later for conditioning work. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I figured they were just resting, just trying to. I just wanted to get your reaction that included the F word. It rhymes with heart. <laughs> like it was a cuss word or something. <laughs> I'll find out later you can't say that on air. Hey, I'm late. You can't say fart on the radio. Oh, man. We got little kids getting picked up at school. Yeah, they, yeah, they probably say, oh, dang, Mr. Bishop knows about that. Uh, Vrabel always seems like the type of guy that there are always guys who don't practice. He lets guys rest when they need to rest. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's for sure. That, you know, his playing days. But, you know, it keeps, especially those guys up front, keeps them a little fresher. You want to make sure they don't get out of shape. They're not going to get out of shape on one day, especially if you have to have them out there doing a little conditioning. Nothing strenuous like, oh, we're going to run 10 100s. You got to make them in 20, 18 seconds. That's what no, we did in high school. No, they're more like striders, get loose, get some right. blood flow all going in there. And, you know, you're not uh, going slow. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. And stay in tune mentally. I'm a, I'm a teeny bit nervous about the outside linebacker position this week and maybe going forward because – Outside linebacker with Landry, Dupree. You got Landry, who's doing great. Dupree. But if Dupree is out for any extended period of time, here's the other people on the roster. Ola Daney, who's a hustle player, you know, good story, hustle player. And Derek Roberson, who just got activated yesterday. That's it. That's all the outside linebackers. I, I went – I searched the roster like six – Ways up and down, thinking, am I missing somebody? The only other guy is Rashad Weaver, who has a broken bone in his leg and was ruled out for the rest of the year. Uh, the rookie, who, you know, for what it was worth, was kind of a good-looking prospect when he was playing, but he's gone for the year. That's what all the story said. Now, you have John Simon, who you've brought up and put down and cut and brought back, and he's a guy who could come in tomorrow, and he'd know your system, and he's a pro. He'd be prepared. He could soak up, you know, nine, ten snaps for you. Play special teams if he had to. But I'm, I'm a wee bit nervous if Bud Dupree's out for a while. And I know they've done a great job. But at some point, I mean, as my seventh grade uh, world history was geography, whatever it was, you know, we were talking about nuclear warheads and all this stuff in class. And he goes, well, you know, I mean, you got to have them yourself because if not, what are you going to be sitting over here throwing rocks? I mean, they're going to be reduced to throwing rocks here pretty soon. Yeah, we were talking to uh, Coach Mack, giving us the Mack attack and uh... – you know, they just now, since they got an injury during the game, it kind of makes you handicapped. But now going into the game, if he's not dressing, you already have two bodies. Right. But it doesn't matter to me. If the bodies aren't legit put in pressure, it doesn't matter. Right. They may not be cramping, but we're not getting pressure on the quarterback. And it's hard to find guys at this point in time that are legit. And Roberson's a, a pretty solid player. He's not a, you know, a great player, but a, he can at times give you flashes that he can rush the passer. And he has some pass rush moves. I like like what I see sometimes uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, so maybe we'll get the best version of him, and maybe he can hold the four for a game or two, maybe while Bud is out. But I'm hoping for the best, but I'm really not thinking it is. Just let that dude get well. Just let him get well, yeah. whatever it takes. And we're talking rough. about knee and then abdomen, yeah. Yeah. and that's a tough deal. That That is, I mean, oh, man, that's a tough one there because that's related to everything you do as an athlete. Your core. The abdomen of bone all is of connected to every bone. Every single part of it. Sure is. All right. On the way out, Big Jeff did speak today, and Big Jeff talked about being a better Big Jeff than he was before. It's good stuff right here. I mean, I think that's the great part about this game. You know, you can appreciate how far you came. Um, you know, from when I first got here, you know, I knew I had a lot of work to do from rehab, trying to get on the uh, field on this level of my um, on career. And that's that pro level, and it's always hard getting onto the field and um, learning and developing as a young player. So I think, you know, I'm, I take pride in, you know, the way you know, I've been um, taking my game to the next level each and every um, year. 
know, hopefully I keep growing. And um, like I said, my father, uh, help us, Coach G, Coach Graves, whoever, you know, Shane, them, all them guys, you know, just around me and trying to help me better my game. I, you know, I, I appreciate them guys too. Well. That's big Jeff, courtesy of Jimmy Wyatt, talking about getting better, taking his game to the next level. Yeah, that's about all I heard out of that. But I heard the wind, we were good. Yeah, it was kind of windy out there. Yeah, thanks, Lucas. <laughs> I, that, <laughs> that's all we got. Yeah. Big Jeff, he's getting better. Let's just leave it at that, even with the wind. Well, what, what you really get out of that is a great player who's still trying to continually get better. Yeah. Not a lot of guys out there. It sounds so easy. Some guys just get content and say, this is the best I'm going to get, man. I'm going to roll with this. Not Big Jeff. We're going to get better tomorrow. I can just feel it. Uh, we're always trying to get better here on uh, the Blaine and Mickey show. No doubt. 3HL's coming up next, but uh, our, our two hours is up for today. So two hours coming up tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah, and happy Wednesday. Yep. But as always on the Blaine and Mickey show, peace. peace.